The Seven Rock Life Show is about stories that inspire with people that you will admire. Learning to develop new chapters in life, learning from the past, but letting the old stories expire so it gives room for the new stories you create. Our brand is about three things. Victorious in your life, contributing to society, and having fun along the journey. Seven Rock Life is a lifestyle that inspires and gives back with a mission to impact the world one life at a time. I'm your host, Steve Mazurko. Thanks for tuning in and being part of this journey. Enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to Seven Rock Life Podcast Nation. Hope you guys are having a great day. Um, I'm here with a special guest and we got to build a relationship and we finally made this work, this podcast. Right. So my man, Mr. Matt Barnes, Thank man. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, it's Thank great you. to have you here, man. It's, you got that swag on yeah, today. It's, it's crazy how things work. You know, we met at, what last month and I just happened to be in town when you hit me and, and we made it work. Yeah, that's that's God sent, man. Absolutely. You know, we definitely got to have a great conversation. It's funny how even just setting this up right now, um, we had adversity, but you had to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure through life, that actually is cliche. Right. Through everything that we've talked about, the yes. adversity and not staying in yes. it, the potholes of life. Well, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the road to success for everyone is different, but it's never a straight line. You know what I mean? There's lots of, it's like a roller coaster up, down, potholes, dips, tragedy. There's a lot of things that occur along that process. And I think often people see the finished product, but they don't understand the process it took to get there. So, uh, you know, like in anything in life, you have to continue to, to, to persevere. Uh, believe in yourself and continue to move forward which is what you've done Absolutely. yeah just to kind of give you a little background of uh, you know of Matt 15 years in the NBA grew up in California 2017 you won with the Golden State Warriors mm-hmm. which is awesome so congrats to uh, that that was that. the last year you played or the second yeah, last no, year that was the last year I retired after that that must feel really yeah, good it was good uh, you know um, it, it was bittersweet for me you know I was someone that, that that winning was everything to me so throughout my career I took less money to play on better teams I uh, finally got a chance to play on a team that was championship worthy but hurt myself uh, nearly broke my ankle going into the playoffs so I pretty much had to sit back and watch but still just to be along on that ride to actually, you know, be on a team that won it, uh, play with some great players. And uh, my favorite part about it was my twin boys at the time, who were nine years old, were on the whole journey with us. So they were flying with us, practicing with us in the team hotel. So they really got a first-hand glimpse at, you know, some of the greatest players in, in, in uh, our team winning a championship. Yeah, no, I'm sure. And what's, what's so crazy is to see where you have gone and where you are now. And maybe, you know, for people that are, you know, listen to this, talk about just your upbringing because we were just explaining how your upbringing, you don't realize what your parents maybe went through, right? right? So right. walk us through, I'd love to hear um, more about that. You know, I grew up in a, in a biracial or multiracial household. Uh, I'm Italian and black. Uh, you're so, Italian? Mm-hmm. No way. Half Italian, half black. You're, you're Paisan. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> so growing up, um, you know, in the early 80s, that w- it was different. You know, I was never white enough, I was never black enough, so I was kind of just to myself. Um, but to piggyback, uh, you know, I grew up in a drug 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 back you know both my parents were uh, I, I say uh functioning drug addicts uh, we, we never went without we never were you know led astray but at the same time drugs were prevalent in my in my upbringing uh, along with violence and abuse so it was kind of me kind of navigating my way through that um 
and kind of finding out who I am at a young age, seeing a lot at a young age, you know, so to be able to, you know, make my way through that, it really opened up my eyes at a young age to, to, to how crazy this world is because there was no censor in my life. You know, from day one, I was seeing drugs, I was seeing abuse, I was seeing violence. Um, so, you know, there was no PG-13. I went to write to, you know, R-rated films at, a, you know, at an early age. So be able to navigate through that and to where I'm at today, um, you know, I'm definitely proud because, you know, there's, I could have been dead. I could have been in jail. I, I could have been on the streets. But, you know, I, I didn't let any of my past hinder, um, you know, to, to where I was actually trying to get to. Yeah. And I think that's that's wild because you were telling me that there was like, you know, there was uh, drugs in around you. And you don't realize it, but you were saying about your father and kind of getting into that a little bit, mm-hmm. how he grew up in that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I had a rough relationship with my dad until I was 27. Um, I lost my mom when I was 27 to cancer. And uh, I tell people that unfortunately I lost my mom, but I gained a dad. My dad had been there my whole you life. You saw him change. Right. My dad had been there my whole life, but I just, he did, to me, understanding now, knowing his backstory, he didn't really know how to be a father, to, to show love, to show affection, and, and I didn't realize that until I started kind of shooting a documentary on my life, and, you know, he opened up to my sister and, my, and myself, and I kind of got to understand how horrible his upbringing was, so he was just doing what he was taught, you know, he was taught abuse, he was taught, uh, he wasn't taught emotion, he wasn't taught love, so he kind of carried that over to his experiences as a father with us. Um, you know, so it, it gave me a greater understanding of his path and, and what he went through. And like I said, I, I lost my mom 12 years ago now. And, uh, you know, the, the, the day I lost my mom was the day that I think my dad woke up, you know, so yeah. we have a great relationship now. I, I always say it's never too late to be a father. He's a great grandfather to my kids and my sister's kids and my brother's daughter. He just had uh, two weeks ago. So I think he kind of got a second chance at fatherhood and and really just realizing how important family and love is yeah i love it and i think you know with with kind of understanding love um did that translate right away when you know getting married and and maybe that generational curse coming into your next life in your, your, well, your i just used it as, and to be honest i really didn't hold it against my dad and then understanding it it just really made me appreciate him and love him that much more because I didn't know his battle. I didn't know his struggle. And as we yeah. talked before, you know, shape, you know, I didn't know what my dad had went through with his parents to shape who he was, you know, so I got a better understanding of that. But I just used, you know, what I didn't like about my dad growing up to motivate me to try to be the best father I could possibly yeah. be. You have six kids now. So, yeah, I have my twin boys who are 11. I just had another son that's about to be one. And then my current girl right now had three kids from her previous marriage. We have six kids under 11, you know, so we definitely have a full house. But it was just, like I said, I I used, like everything in life, I just used it as a learning and and used it to, you know, to try to better myself and be a better father. And, um, you know, now I'm someone who obviously puts my kids first with everything and and smother them with love. And (laughs) I saw that picture on Instagram. Yeah, with my little guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's one. He'll be one on Saturday. You know, so it's just, you know, my kids, when I speak about them, you know, it's they're the light of my life and and a tremendous blessing. So, like I said, I just go extra hard trying to be an amazing father um, because I know sometimes there's, you know, fathers out there that, that. that aren't. Yeah. And I'm not a father yet, but I know, you know, becoming it, it's probably one of the most precious things of just like being able to be there. You have responsibility. Well, I just think I tell people, you never know true love until you have a child. You know, you can be in love with your spouse or love your brother, sister, love your mom and dad. But until you 
sit back and have a child and see it for the first time and hold your child for the first time that to me is is what true love is and and after doing that i could just never see how anyone could not want to be a, an amazing parent yeah and i know you uh you are and your kids are lucky to have thank you, you very you much know, without I appreciate a doubt. That. so so with your child and now walk us through your your teens right so mm-hmm. getting the basketball because you told me that you could play you could have played mm-hmm. football you could have mm-hmm. done everything bowling yeah. football baseball golf I, yeah you and you're a golfer too which... yeah i golf now um it was just i knew athletics were gonna were gonna be the only way for me to get out of my situation you know i grew up uh, like i said my dad was a butcher by night sold drugs or excuse me butcher by day sold drugs at night um didn't grow up in the best areas but my parents always had kind of the wherewithal to put me into good schools, you know, so I got a chance to see what the other side lived like. You know, I got the chance to eat dinner at, at a dinner table as a family from my friends, uh, travel for vacation with my friends. Um, we never had that in my household, so I got a chance to see that. And it really kind of just gave me the street side and then kind of the family side, um, you know. So I was someone who was conflicted often uh you know with race i had a lot of racism that i faced growing up i remember starting in california in, yeah it's starting in third grade when i moved from san jose to sacramento where like i said earlier i was never black enough and i was never white enough so i was kind of by myself and i was you know called nigger a lot and the one thing my dad taught me that that that's still with me to this day was you know if they if, if they disrespect you in that way you fight you know so i was taught to fight you know, uh, other people, you know, the fighting's not the answer. That was just what I grew up with, you know, and I kind of held wow. held that close to my chest. And the one thing I remember my dad saying, you know, you, you protect your families at all costs. So if my brother and my sister got in a fight, I got in a fight. If they had a problem, I had a problem. So that's how I grew up. And unfortunately, that's kind of how I became friends with people it was because, you know, at first they wouldn't let me in and, you know, they would, the, 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 the N-word would start flying and we would fight. And slowly but surely, people were like, okay, well, don't mess with him. So then they kind of started letting me play sports, and then I became, I was the best at sports. And that's kind of, sports was my pathway to kind of making friends and people to kind of understand who I really was. So, you know, once I was able to start playing sports and, and, and interacting with these other kids, I was accepted. So um, sports has kind of always been... It was your gateway to get my, around yeah, that my North, crazy atmosphere. Yeah, my North Star. You know, it was always my goal. It's just like, you know, I'm going to either play football or basketball. I know that. You know what I mean? So I just kept 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 that in focus, kept that so I didn't let the streets, drugs, any of that other stuff kind of deter me from my path. You know, I had friends that had passed away, friends that had gone to prison for different things, but I always knew what, you know, my ultimate goal was. And, um, you know, I was able to chase that down and, and, and live it. Uh, and, and not too many people say they can didn't can say they did that. Yeah, where was your breakthrough? So I know you got um, you got drafted. Um, mm-hmm. Was it the s- second round? Second I round, right? Traded draft day, so I bounced around the. First, you traded on draft day? Yeah, I, I bounced. Yeah, I was drafted by Memphis, traded to Cleveland. Um, didn't really get a chance to play there. Played in the the D League or the G League when it, when it first started. Did a year there, um, and then started my journey of you know bouncing around the first four years of my career I played on four different teams not really getting a chance to play uh, but always had in the back of my mind okay if this doesn't work my brother had played football as well too so I would always do basketball and football workouts in the summertime and I was to the point where like okay this is my last um, this is going to be my last go around if it doesn't work here my agent had lined up some NFL trials for me, so I was going to say, all right, well, basketball didn't work. It's time for football. You had but, a backup plan. Right. So luckily, uh, you know, that last year, it ended up working, uh, was, which was my first year with the Golden State Warriors in 2006. 
where a former teammate of mine, I was living in Sacramento at the time, the, the Bay Area is about an hour and a half from a former college teammate of mine. I was like, hey, we have an open gym down here today. Come out here and play. I went down there, played well, not knowing that the head coach of the Warriors at the time, which was Don Nelson, was watching us play this pickup. And he came down and asked me, like, hey, where are you going to camp at? And I was just like, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm, I'm, if I'm going to be playing this year. He's wow. just, He's just like, you know, I can't promise you nothing, but if you play as hard as you play today, I'll give you a chance. So, you know, at the time they had 16 guaranteed contracts and we keep 15 guys and they had other guys coming to training camp. So long story short, I ended up beating out uh, the three guys they, beat, uh, they, they brought to training camp and then playing better than two guys they had under contract. And they ended up cutting those guys and keeping me. And that's kind of where my career started, even though I started uh, in 2002, I really feel like my career didn't, I didn't really get a start, chance to start playing until 2006. And then after that, I was kind of a fixture and it's kind of how I made my name. And, uh, you know, that's when I knew that, okay, I can definitely play in the league. Wow. And it was by them seeing it and building that belief. Absolutely. And I think that's so, it's so true because there have been times where you lost belief, right? Absolutely. I mean, especially as an athlete mm -hmm. in life too, but right. like you're competing all the time. Right. And this probably relates to a lot of people out there that are listening to this. And I know we don't sometimes stay in our lane. Mm -hmm. We're so like looking left and right. right. We're not, we're not doing us mm -hmm. right. Walk us through like the mentality that it took to, you know, stay in the league for 15 years. I know you mm -hmm. had nine teams, mm -hmm. but like that focus, that staying in your lane and not looking left and right too much. Yeah, you gotta tunnel, look a little bit. Tunnel focus. Um, but I think really, to, to take a step back is really just believing in myself because at a time I did doubt myself like okay well maybe I'm not good enough to play maybe this just isn't for me in the beginning and, yeah and I think that's where kind of I, I, I was missing that you know so I think it took a coach like Don Nelson to believe in me because I think often in professional sports not only in my sport but if you know if you're good enough to get there there's a handful of guys that just don't really get that opportunity to perform you know what I mean and I was lucky enough to kind of you know, bide my time and really believe in myself and put the work in. And when I got my chance to finally play, like, I was just like, okay, they gave me a chance. I'm not going to give anyone else the opportunity to take this away from me, you know? Yeah. And so I was just on a, you know, kill or be killed mentality. And that's kind of where I got my reputation of being, you know, because I was a football player at heart and, and from the street. What position? So, uh, receiver. Receiver. You know, so I was used to contact. I was used to physicality. And that's <laughs> kind of, I brought that mentality to basketball. And, you know, I, uh, I made my staples being a defensive player and that allowed me to kind of go out there do what I did but then develop the rest of my game and show that okay he can shoot he can handle the ball he can pass he's a he's an all-around player but you know knowing my role and, and staying focused on defense is what allowed me to kind of be able to get on the court and show the rest of my game yeah and so that one that one win is kind of what got you absolutely I, I would say just having a coach that believed in me yeah you know because I had bounced around and been on four teams and, and coaches that didn't give me a chance to play um, so, you know, I found a coach that finally believed in me and, uh, that's all it took. Yeah. Yeah. And, and belief is just such a, um, you know, such a powerful thing. You don't see it. You just feel it. Feel it. You know, you can definitely feel it. And you have these little wins and those wins kind of build up. Yeah. They add up. Yeah. yeah. Small and they're step by step, you know, Ooh. What were some of your best moments, you know, being being in the league uh, experiences besides, you know, winning winning a championship? Coming from where I came from and, and being able to persevere and, and last, you know, to be able to play 15 years of professional basketball when I wasn't supposed to be there to begin with, I think was probably my greatest uh, goal. You know, my, my, my what I'm most proud of is I, I just lasted and I was able to play with some of the greatest players ever to play the game. 
Um, I was never a superstar, but I was always someone that was respected in the locker room and guys listening. You know, when I spoke, guys listened because I, I you know, I, I led by example. I left it all out there on the court. I played as hard as I can every single game. I played every game like it was my last. I think a lot of people say that, you know, it's kind of like a cliche, but I really played every single game like it was my last. Like you can never, one thing you can never say is that he didn't play hard. You yeah. Know? And I, I think in sports you can't, there's a lot of things you can't control, but you can always control your attitude and how hard you played. And those are the two things I really try to focus on. It's just like, all right, I'm going to keep a good attitude no matter what. I'm going to play as hard as I can. And, you know, I was able to make a career out of that. Do you think your childhood and kind of your brokenness motivated you to play hard because you never wanted to go yeah, back into that? that? My biggest fear was to be yeah. broke, you know, to, you know, we lived food stamps, sharing rooms, you know, hand-me-down clothes, clothes that didn't fit, you know, that was always like, okay, well, I'm never going back there, you know, and at times when I wasn't playing, I'm just like, oh, man, like, well, what, what am I going to do now if I don't make it, so changing my thought process, like, there's no thing as I'm not, I'm going to make it, and I'm going to make this happen, and, and I'm never going to go back there, and I just think changing my mindset and, and, and talking it into fruition has really helped me. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, some um, some of the top players you played with. I know you said you know playing with Kobe, Dennis Rodman. Yeah, I played with uh, man. Starting back, I played with um, Allen Iverson. I got a chance to play from there. I went to play with Baron Davis, who was you know bar injury would have been one of the one of the greats. Uh, I got a chance to play with Steve Nash, Grant Hill, Shaq, Kobe. Um, I know we got a chance to see Magic Johnson. Yeah. You know, you didn't he, play he was, with him, he, no, no, he was yeah. a, he's a little, <laughs> little bit older than me, but he was he was the person I looked up to. You know, like at the time, my dad wasn't really my role model. I looked up to Magic. Yeah. He's a great speaker, right? I mean, he's amazing he, speaker and business entrepreneur. That was the first time I heard him speak, and I was like, I've never heard anyone speak like like the yeah. way. Dennis Rodman asked him the question. Yeah, the way he yeah. captivated the room and just had everyone's attention. I thought he was amazing. But like I said, he was the one I looked to on and off the court. Um, but to get back to you know, I got a chance to play with KD, Steph, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin. Um, I played with a lot of guys that'll be in the Hall of Fame one day. You know what I mean. And uh, one thing about me is I was always, you know, one of those these guys' favorite teammates because, like I said, I went out there and did my job every night and, and did it the right way. So it was a tremendous journey, and um, you know, even more than winning a championship because I mentioned I was hurt when that team won a championship. I just think what I'm most proud of is I just survived. Yeah, and what like from those top players, right? playing at that level because I think people that listen to this and I know you're you know getting heavily into the entrepreneur world and we're talking about inspira- inspiring mm-hmm. and living to inspire uh, I know we're going to potentially have you come speak in, in Miami which mm-hmm. is awesome and um, if he doesn't this is a recording that um, is saying that he has to come you know? <laughs> but, my letter of intent yeah yeah so what did you notice with some of those top guys and yourself that kept them playing on that level like behind not on the on the the, the the field, but basketball courts, but behind. What what were they doing? What was the life like? Just being a real pro. I think people don't understand. I mean, it's not only playing during the games, but it's your preparation and everything you have to do leading up to it. The the, the life you have to live. Uh, you know, the example you have to set. Uh, you know, even though we don't set out to be role models, once you get into a certain position, you are a role model, and kids are looking up to you, people are looking up to you. So just to keep that in mind, and you know, I was someone that made a handful of mistakes along the way, but I think I learned from them and try never to make the same mistake twice. But uh, just these guys' work ethic. You know what I mean? To be that, like I said, I got a chance to play with the best. I got a chance to you know work out with Kobe not only just play with him but work out and just to see his dedication and the hours he puts in and, and yeah. the, the mental, mental preparation he puts into uh, each opponent in each game was 
Amazing, you know, so I was able to just to take a little bit of, you know, everyone I played with, you know, the, the, the good stuff and see some of the bad stuff and just kind of, you know, add that to, you know, my mental preparation and my focus when I was working out. Yeah. Any good uh, funny stories or pranks? Um, you know, uh, I heard, I, by the way, I heard about the, the rookie. I was reading about that, the rookie. Oh, with the, the, uh, yeah, well, from my podcast with, uh, <laughs> yeah, with, with Lou Williams when I was, uh, I want to say that was maybe my third year in the NBA in, in Philly yeah. when I was playing with uh, the 76ers. And he was a high school kid that was picked, um, second round pick. And he's, he's a great story in, in itself. But I remember that, uh, you know, we bet him, I, I guess it was 15,000 that he couldn't drink. He, and he never drank. Drink, drink to drink a six pack and and I think it was maybe like a thirty minute bus ride so he really had to drink but oh he ended gosh. up doing it he got the money but it was you know we got a little nervous because was he that got, the quickest fifteen thousand man but he got but he got drunk quick you know what I mean so we did, he was young we didn't want him to get in trouble and we kind of bet him to do this so we kind of had to like almost take care of him like a little like lightweight kind of carry him off the bus and and hide him from the coaches and get him up on the plane and get him situated <laughs> uh, you know so that no coaches saw but yeah you know it was it it was a lot of fun stuff along the way. Uh, you know, I think I really appreciate the relationships I made along the way. The guys I got a chance to meet. Some of these guys will be lifelong friends. But then also, you know. The brotherhoods. A, absolutely. That, yeah, that but from an uh, entrepreneurial standpoint, you know, just all the doors that opened. You know, I was someone who went to UCLA, played for the Lakers and the Clippers. So when it comes to business, there wasn't a door that, 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 that wouldn't and didn't open. You know, so I really just tried to take advantage of that and meeting as many people as I can and leaning on some of these pioneers of business uh, post-career and learning and, and soaking up the game from these guys because, you know, as an athlete, a lot of people, you know, even though they're successful in other bit, a lot of everyone wanted to be an athlete at one point. Everyone yeah. wanted to be, you know, Joe Montana or Jerry Rice or Michael Jordan or Kobe hitting that shot. So, you know, these same business people that, you know, are fans of us, you know, athletes are fans of them. So just to be able to... to, to meet these people and study these people and, and use, you know, what they, what you've seen them do in my next career. And, and everybody's got winning in them. Right. We all want to win. Right. And that's why a lot of entrepreneurs, I look at entrepreneurship as a sport. Absolutely. I think you learn a lot of, you know, you take a lot from sports as far as sportsmanship and learning to work together and there's no I and all this kind of stuff. You can apply a lot of that to everyday life, but also business, uh, you know, with as far as work ethic goes. So, like I said, it was I was always just a sponge soaking up as much as I could from players and from businessmen and just from the life in general. Yeah. What um walk us through because I know that was a uh, that was a tough time being with the show and kind of the NBA um you know uh, housewives uh, and yeah. all that. Oof. So that I, I know uh, it's something you don't always have to remember, but I think you learned a lot oh, during absolutely. that time. You know, I, I, it was a it was an interesting time, kind of when reality TV kind of just hit, and I was teammates with Shaq at the time. And long story short, you know, he talked me into letting my I wasn't even married at the time, the mother of my twin boys joined this show called Basketball Wives, and it was completely pitched to me as something positive and beneficial, and this, this, and that, and it ended up being a disaster. But I just learned a lot. And, um, you know, I split with my wife maybe t two years, three years after that experience. And it was just, it was a whirlwind because I think it was just a, it was a poor betrayal of, of what relationships are like and what, uh, and what people really go through and how scripted reality TV really is, you know, mm. so I would never want to blame <clears throat> that show on the downfall of my relationship. It just didn't help. But it also at the same time. 
opened up my eyes to, to TV and, and that's what I'm into now is producing and, and, and learning how to direct and kind of in that field. So it was Did that kinda, spark you that was to like kinda, just create to something see, inspiring? To see, exactly, to see it's wow. just like, well, you know, they're creating this bullshit, but it's just as easy to make something positive and something that people can lean on and learn from as well. So that's what kind of sparked my interest in the space that I'm in now. But it was tough because people don't understand that, you know, we're humans too with emotions and feelings and all the stuff we have to go through, but we go through all of our knocks on a public scale. You know what I mean? It's, it's open for the public to see, especially when I open up my, my house and my life to, to, to the world, you know? So it, it was hard for me at the beginning understanding, you know, who people who didn't really know me would try to judge me or talk bad about my wife at the time or talk bad about my kids. And I had to take a step back. Like I can't be mad at these people cause I opened this door. You know what I mean? And that's all people do is sit back and judge. So it, it took a lot for me to kind of learn how to swallow that and, and, and process that um, and move forward. But like I said, uh, I ended up divorcing uh, my ex um, January 1st, 2015. And it was, you know, it's, it's kind of when I hit rock bottom. You know, even though it was my choice to leave, it's just hard to lose a family. You know, so I, you know. Because you weren't, you weren't happy. I wasn't. I, I wasn't happy. I, you know, I, and I just knew for me to be the best me, for me to be the best player, for me to be the best father, me to be the best man, I had to move, eliminate myself from that situation, you know, so leaving my kids was the hardest part of that, but people don't want to hear that, you know, if I'm getting paid a certain amount of money, I have to go out there and perform, you yeah. know, and this is right in the middle of my season, you know, so there's no excuses, there's never an excuse for an athlete, which is crazy, but it just is what it is, so, you know, I'm hitting rock bottom mentally uh, behind closed doors, but it's for the world to see, but still I have a job to do every single night. So really just being able to remove myself from, from my relationship, taking some time to really get to know myself better and kind of rebuild myself and, and change some things about me that I didn't like at the time and learn myself more. And, and I think it definitely turned me into a better man, a better father and a better player. You know what I love about you, man, and just kind of meeting you, uh, you know, a couple times is your authenticity you're not afraid to open up your mail right? and your realness and you don't have a mask like mm -hmm. this is who I am right? you know love me for who I am and, yeah. and I see I know there's been tremendous growth because your story is very similar to my story mm -hmm. you know being in a relationship um, and, and not being happy mm -hmm. and you want the best for that person right. you want the best for those business partners mm -hmm. or, or you know the, um, the, the TV show right mm -hmm. but you're like hey it's not me right. and this is where I want to go right. then you're unleashed mm -hmm. to just do all these other things right. I think that's what has happened no I think and, and I think what's it, it's kind of been a gift and a curse as I've just, I've always come straight from the cuff with it. You know what I mean? I've never sugarcoated anything. I've never pretended to be someone I wasn't. And um, I've always spoke my mind. And I think sometimes that's probably limited me, limited the money I've been able to make during my career um, and, and kind of pigeonholed me somewhat. But at the same time, post-career has been tremendous. You yeah. know what I mean? From all you're just the, getting started. Exactly. All the platforms that have been able to, you know, to kind of jump you know, jumped out to me now, you know, post-career, and, and I think just staying true to myself and keeping it real, you know, because the same way I spoke then, I spoke now, but just the world didn't know that. I think when you play professional sports, the media has a huge, um, huge hand in who people think you are, you yep. know, because you only get, and this is really, you got to think social media just hit heavy maybe five years ago, so, you know, my career was... 15 years long so the first handful of years of my career it's what the media says and that's what it is I had no way to tell my story so 
early on I was labeled a villain and after, like I said at first when we were talking off camera that was kind of hard for me to swallow because I knew I wasn't a bad person but that's what I was labeled as and that's what people looked to me as so I was just like alright well forget it I'm going to be the best villain I can be so I kind of you know embraced that role and ran with it and, it and it gave me a 15 year career and it gave me a life that I never expected but post career and then being able to utilize social media to kind of show the who I really am the, the father the entrepreneur yep. uh, the, the philanthropist all the things that I'm into it really kind of opened people's eyes like wow this guy you know we definitely go to show you can't judge a book by its cover you know and it's that the, the world has kind of been my oyster since you know I've, you know I have host a show on complex um, I host my own podcast on uh, Showtime I signed a deal with ESPN. I do some stuff, work with Fox. So I'm having all these different platforms for staying true and being real and, and never sugarcoating things. And, and that's something that, that I love because I just think now in society, people are sugarcoating too much stuff or trying to pretend to be someone they're not. And, you know, that's got to be tough waking up every it's day. Tiring. that You can't, you know, you can't be the real you. It's got to suck. Yeah. Hope you guys are enjoying this episode with Matt Barnes. He's got a tremendous story. Uh, we appreciate you guys being uh, an audience and being able to uh, be viewers. And one of the things that we do uh, with our podcast, you know, we've chosen not to put commercials or anything in between because we believe it's more powerful when you hear the whole story. Uh, all we ask is to share, is to um, comment, is to leave reviews and support our SRL brand. Uh, if you go to sevenrocklife.com, you can actually get a promo code because you're listening to this and it's SRL20 and you'll be able to get some great fall and winter collections now uh, that we have, that we launched and we believe that your clothing should empower your life's mission. You know, so many people are loving the SRL lifestyle. Many people ask, you know, what is what is Seven Rocks, you know, of life? Well, I think everybody has seven areas of life, but you also have to realize is that you may approach those seven areas of life, you know, in a unique and different way. But those are the seven areas that really fill up your life cup. And that's what our brand's about, is filling you up on the inside and outside so you go about your day every day and you go out there, become that best entrepreneur, that best parent, uh, that best father, whatever it is that you want to become in your career, um, in your sport as an athlete, we want to see you just grow. So thank you again for tuning in. We appreciate you. Check out sevenrocklife.com. We also are going to be doing our Living to Inspire Festival in Miami uh, earlier in the year. So we're looking around uh, March and April. So stay in touch with that and uh, take advantage of our promo. That's SRL20. Enjoy the rest of this episode. And I think society and culture like you don't want to you don't want culture to infect you you want to infect culture right because sometimes your upbringings will will affect you right mm -hmm. and then that's culture affecting you right. instead of saying hey this is what i want to be because we all have this batman and joker mm -hmm. right and i've talked about this a bunch of times in a podcast this is in the book but we all have batman we want to be good but sometimes joker is just there Layer. And you're just like, I hate you, Joker. And Joker's easier to be at times. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So you really have to resist and kind of, like I said, stay true to who you are. And, then, and that doesn't mean even when you're trying to be Batman that you're not going to do Jokerish things, but you just need to learn from them. I think too often people do some messed up things and, and, and allow that to stick to them and think that that's who they are because that's what society has told them they are or social media tells them they are but i mean really that goes back to really just believing in yourself and continuing to push forward continuing to evolve and grow i mean I'm, i'll be 40 in march and i'm learning every single day oh man you yeah. don't look 40 bro i appreciate that yeah you, you know, still got the yeah. you, got, you got the ups and everything yeah uh, i don't know i haven't tried to dunk i'm, I'm afraid that i might <laughs> pull everything you know in, in my body um 
but you know, like, like now I just enjoy, you know, my, my, I get my athletic fix by coaching my kids. You yeah. know, I have 11 year old twin boy that I coach. They, them they both play. Yeah. I coach them in football and basketball and just seeing them grow in the game and understanding the game, teaching them the game. And then, you know, their team or their friends, they hang out with their friends. So, you know, what do you like about coach. the game? Um, I just like teaching kids. I, I, I like seeing kids grasp a concept and apply it. Um, you know, the game has changed drastically uh, because of one of my former teammates, Steph Curry. I think he and, and Clay and the Warriors as a whole kind of changed the game of basketball. Um, it, it's more of a three-point shooting game now and more of an up-and-down transitional game, and that's not the game I grew up in, you know what I mean? But that's the game that I, that I need to teach now. So to be able to, you know, teach these kids still the fundamentals but seeing little kids apply it and, and, and enjoy doing it, is what brings me joy. So uh, yeah. that's that's like I said, that's where I get my excitement from, and 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 my adrenaline pumps. You know, like we have a tournament this weekend. So you're I'm getting excited. excited. No, I get excited about I know. it. You know, I love it, and it's cool too. I mean, it's a little tough sometimes because you know there's other players that coach, but every time we play, people know who I am. You know what I mean? So they want to beat me, and now people know my twins because they're they're starting to get pretty good now. So it's every time we play a game, it's like these these teams want to do everything they can to beat us. So I think just think at an early age. Not only my kids, but my teams are getting like they're seeing. And I, I compare those like, you know, this is what the Warriors faced every single night. You know, everybody wanted to beat them on the when before this season. They, they got a bunch of injuries and trades and stuff. But it was the biggest game on every team's schedule every single night. You know, yeah. so you got even if you're playing the worst team, you're going to get their best game. And that's what I try to teach our younger, you know, my kids and, and their teams that, you know, because of me and because of the twins now, like every single game, people are going to try to knock you off your throne. So you have to be prepared for that. And I think them understanding that at an early age is going to help them in the long and run. And that's the same thing with life. Oh, like absolutely. when you're when you're winning, that's oh, yeah. when like you're on a winning yeah. streak, you're people get are ready. coming for you. People are coming for you. People. It's unfortunate because I think we live in a society now where it's cool or, or, or the thing to do to, to, to disrespect and not show love and to hate, you know, as we spoke about earlier, instead of just being like, okay, well, I'm happy for them, you know what I mean? And seeing someone else do well is going to motivate me. I think too often people don't look at it like that. They're just like, well, he didn't do this and he's not that good at that. And he's, you know, making up all these excuses instead of going out there and really chasing their dreams and using other successful people to kind of catapult themselves. So true. You're, you're, where, where do you think a lot of your... Do you read or listen a lot? Or I listen a lot. Listen and a lot. I watch a lot of movies. You I listen did? And I really listen to music a lot. I mean, a lot... Some of this older music, this, this younger music is a little different now. But, you know, the older music, uh, you know, they're really telling stories and, and telling their struggles and their upbringing and, you know, the potholes they hit and all the different things they had to avoid to become successful. And... Um, best movies. Yeah. What are um, the best... I'm, I'm, all over, I'm all over the place with movies. You know, I, I, I love to laugh. Lion I, King? I, uh, <laughs> I didn't really, you know, it wasn't really cartoons for me. You know, like I said, my life was, from the jump, it was, you know, kind of an R-rated type childhood. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I saw the Bambis and the Lion Kings, but that wasn't real to me. You know what I mean? I saw street gangster movies. I saw shootouts. I saw drugs. And that was more real life and realistic to me. So I just learned to... You know, internalize those movies and kind of, you know, see how these old gangsters moved and see how people... Like Goodfellas. Right. Yeah. See how people that, you know, got it out the mud moved. Because even though I didn't have to go through as much as they went through, my life around me was just like that. And you connected Right. On and that, that. That's, that's what caught my attention. You know, so like I said, with, with, with the old, like the 90s rap music, you know, what those guys are talking about, that, that resonated with me. With these movies I watched, that's what resonated with me. So that's what I, you know, try to take the good and bad from each of those and kind of try to apply it to life. Love it. That's, yeah. And what, what's the best advice 
that maybe you've learned over the past few years through your trials and tribulations that p- top three things that have you um, taken away that has made you better? Just to, to con- continue to move forward. You know, I mm-hmm. think we all hit major roadblocks. You know, I was in a, uh, you know, my, my relationship was public with my ex-wife and then, you know, I divorced her and then she ended up moving on with a former teammate of mine and then he and I got in a fight and there was a, so there was always just a bunch of stuff raining and like I said that's when I kind of hit rock bottom was just like man like this is crazy like this is not how I planned it. it's not supposed to go that way so there was a split second where I'm just like poor me but then I'm just like no not poor me it was more like try me you know I'm, I'm gonna last I'm gonna I'm gonna beat this whole situation and I'm gonna become a better man for this um, a better father a better player just a better man all the way around. So I just continue to move forward, you know, because to me, the, you know, the rain wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't, excuse me, the sun wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for rainy days, you yep, know, so amen. nothing that, you know, the, the, the road to success is never a straight road up. It's twists and turns and ups and downs. So just continue to move forward. Always learn. I, I really feel like some people feel like, oh, I, you know, I'm the best in business. or I'm the best at this. There's nothing you can, people are learning. The greats are learning daily, you know, and so I really feel to continue to have your mind, have an open mind to being receptive to other ideas and, and other ways of thinking and, 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 and continue to evolve as a person, you know, and just try to be a good person. And that doesn't mean you're not going to do stuff that you know, set you back a little bit or do things, like I said earlier, that the Joker would do. But at <laughs> the same time, you got to learn from that and continue to put one foot in front of the other. Yeah, that's great advice. I mean, that's that inspires me. Yeah. You know, to <laughs> it's just to life, man. It's just, there. There's no, there's no book on this. There's no book on life. There's no book on fatherhood. There's no book on marriage. You know what I mean? This is all stuff that we're kind of going through and learning on the fly. You know, so mm-hmm. there's no real correct way to handle it. You just have to find a way that works best for you. You know, yeah. we both went through divorces and we probably did some things similar that helped us, but we probably did some things that were complete polar opposite, but they helped us in our own journey. So yeah. like I said, you got and that f- crushing time. Definitely. You know, it's, it's interesting. We were talking about this. Um, and what I love about podcasting and just is authenticity being mm-hmm. real because it, it connects with people right. so much more. And I was in the Uber just a few days ago and I was talking to the gentleman talking about Summer Rock Life and how it was created. It was a you know brand that inspires and gives back. It was in Africa and all that. And I said, you know, I said the challenge about life and, and I'll agree and disagree about there's no book out there because mm-hmm. Well, there are, but yeah. I'm saying like you got to really go out there. And but find you got to go read them, right? Right. And most of the time, we think we can do it on our own, you know. And I think yeah. that's the problem with most men is like, okay, well, I don't need to tell no one. I don't need to vent. I don't need counseling. I don't need no, a book. We like, need I don't help. Do it myself, but yeah. you really do need help. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I said to him, which is so funny, is I said, you know, and I just thought it's random. I'm like, what's in your glove compartment? And he's like, um, I don't know, my registration. I said, what else? He's like, there's a manual. I said, have you ever looked in the glove compartment for the manual? I was like, no. He's like, I'm like, no, yeah, he hasn't. I'm like, why? He's like, I don't know. I was like, because the car has never been broken or check engine maybe didn't go off or you took it to somebody else, but you never went to go read the manual. And I think we all, we have these manuals in life that we don't read, mm-hmm. right? This playbook. Because we think we know it. Yes. And, but when you read the manual, right? But you can't get somebody else to read the manual. Mm-hmm. You got to read it yourself, Absolutely. which is working on you. Mm-hmm. And when you work on you through it's whether, and I know for me, one of the best manuals that's changed my life is the Bible, uh, but in an organic way. Right. Because I grew up where it was just very pushed upon, mm-hmm. but it's the principles mm-hmm. that you learn from it. And it's not a religion. It's a relationship. It's principles. And when you extract those principles out 
of what was learned in that. And then you find certain books that inspire you because there's, there's different types of books. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your business books, you have relationships, you have your spiritual books. Mm-hmm. And then you feed that content in you, it changes you. Mm-hmm. But the challenge is when you're playing, make a bet, and I'm going to, we'll, we'll finish up with that, playing on that 20, um, was it 20, 2017 mm-hmm. winning team. The, probably the playbook, everybody was reading it. Everybody was on the same page. Mm-hmm. And when you're in a marriage, you're in a business partnership, and you're on the same page, boom, mm-hmm. now you're going to go. Your check engine light's not going to come on too much. You're going to start special. driving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's just what hit home to me. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like I said, and I, I, it, it's interesting, you know, not to give his name, but someone I played against in the NBA for years, we were, you know, we played against I wouldn't even call him a friend at the time, um, but we ran into each other, and we've been in contact since because he's really going through like a mental health challenge you know what i mean really bad and you know has has had to go to the hospital for it and everything and he just told me he's just like you know i love everything i've learned about you post-career you know it's just like to see the father you are the man you are the entrepreneur you are i really want to sit down and talk to you because i really think it can help me you know what i mean so you, it awesome. just goes to show you really never know who's watching and you know and it touches on the point like I think sometimes it's setting men back because we feel like we're a man, so we don't need anybody's help. But that's the wrong, like I said, that's that clone mind thinking that we think we have the world figured out and we don't. So to really be susceptible to hear other ideas or, you know, be man enough to tell someone, hey, like, I need some help. Can you help me? You know, and I think that's a huge step for people. So I'm really excited to really get down and sit in. Like I said, because we really don't. Like I said, he was a hell of a player, made a bunch of money. And like I said, we were just... You know, we, we worked for the same company. We weren't friends. We never hung out or nothing. But post-career, we ran into each other, and he happened to live by me now. So it's coming to a situation now where we can really sit down. And he's just like, you know, I just need someone to talk to who's been through everything that I've been through. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing if, you know, I can shed light and, and giving him new ideas and new new ways to look at things to hopefully help him. Because, uh, you know, that mental health thing that a lot of people struggle with that is not talked about it is real. Yeah. Yeah, and with the comparison and everything, but I know that's what your your future is going to be. Is everything you do is is about inspiring, right. about helping people discover their medicine and bring out the best in them. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have uh, this amazing, this greatness inside of us, but we don't sometimes have the right environment bringing it out for right. us. And I think too, it's it, it's really being on the way you deliver it. You know, you never want to come off as a know-it-all or someone who's preaching. You know, just you just want to talk and have like, you know, and that's what I really like about, you know, my podcast and, and, and talking on podcasts is just a genuine, authentic conversation. Like this is not an interview right here. This is like people sitting down and just having mm-hmm. a real open conversation. And I think that's needed because I think obviously there's things that I've gone through that can help you and vice versa and someone else. So if you really sit down and get these authentic and genuine conversations, just like reading a book, you could take bits and pieces from different things and really apply them to your life and better yourself. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up, you know, in five minutes. So, um, you know, I'm sure many of you guys out there listening to this, uh, it's helping you out whether you're driving or at the gym. Um, you know, you're taking a walk. I mean, it's, it's cool when you can have conversations in your ears of oh, wherever you're right, going. Because right. then sometimes our conversation in our mind, our inner roommate, just, it's like, why are you talking right now? You know, like, <laughs> right. let it out. Or having it from just come from someone else. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, it comes from a spouse or it comes from a brother or sister or dad. Like, ah. But it, sometimes it, it just takes coming from someone else to really kind of open up your mind and, and get that thing rolling. And you go back, okay, well, my sister said this and my, my you know, my brother said that and my girl said this and it kind of all applies but kind of just opening up your mind and hearing from someone else kind of helps sometimes yeah 100% and we'll wrap up with this so that 2017 team right because I think 
people out there they want to know what it takes to win mm-hmm. right what, were the, what was the what was the culture like that year amazing um, you know because I, I got a chance to play for the the team 10 years prior and it was a gr- amazing fan base but ownership was messed up ownership wasn't on the par they would always get good players and trade them and bad contracts here and there but when I came back it was new ownership it was new management it was a new coaching staff and the energy in the building was amazing you know this is a team that was had you know Steph Curry and 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 Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala and and Sean Livingston and then you add someone like KD so I would say the one thing about that team was there was no egos and that, and that's tough in life because you know when you're the best at something you want it to be your way or no way but to succeed you need to, you know a group of people to go with you and I think the best thing about that team was everyone left for 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 a time everyone left their egos at the front door you know or at, at, you know before they walked in the gym they lost they lost their egos because everyone had to sacrifice for the greater good of the team you know you see. James Harden out here putting up tremendous offensive numbers. And there's other guys that can do that, but I don't really see what James is doing is going to transpire into championships. Like, I think Steph can do that. I think KD can do that. But these guys came together and said, okay, I could probably score 40 a night. But if I score 22 a night and maybe get 11 assists, that's going to help Kevin score 25 a night and get 8 assists. And that's going to help Clay have a night where he has 50 or 6. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everyone took a step back for the greater good of the team and you know I got to be a small part of a dynasty you know where they won it's amazing what they've done right they won three championships in in four seasons and then you know excuse me in five seasons but they could have won another you know but they got hit by the injury bug a lot of woulda woulda coulda shoulda but (laughs) but they got you know they got a a chance to to be a part of NBA history and I got a chance to be in those locker rooms and see those guys daily and just to see the, the, the the positive energy and the support that they gave one another and the way that they sacrificed a piece of their game for the greater good of the team is the reason why that Golden State Warriors team was was a dynasty for a handful of years. Yeah, now it's it's crazy those winning years. What what you see, what you learn from yeah. it, and then just the environment that's created. Yeah. I mean, it's different. And it's not the best players; it's the best players that work come together. together. No, they have to come together. You know what I mean? And they just happen to have some of the best players on that team as well. You know what I mean? So for like I said, guys like KD and, and, and Clay to, or excuse me, well, the Clay sacrifice, but KD and Steph are, you know, cornerstones of the NBA and mm-hmm. can average 40 points if they wanted to, but they knew that averaging 40 points wasn't getting them a championship. They yeah. knew if they took a step back on their game and, and sacrificed for their teammates, that's what was going to get them championships, and it did. And and it, it's crazy because you, you sit back and think, you know, you look at the old Laker dynasties with Shaq and Kobe and how many champs did they won, you think they could have won more. It, but I think it's hard, you know. I mean, guys are only going to sacrifice for so long, and that's what I learned. Like sitting back and listening, like, man, why didn't they sacrifice for longer? They could have won more. Or how come this Golden State State team couldn't stay together and sacrifice longer and win more championships? But it's just hard, you know. Yeah. What I mean, it's hard for everyone to sacrifice and be on the same page. And you know, the way social media is, sometimes they get in there and, and cause rifts now. So just to to get a chance to be a part of something like that is really special because it doesn't happen too often. Yeah, and it's a common goal is a focus. Right. And when, you know, hey, when we start the season, we want to win. We're not looking to lose. That's what it is, the goal from the beginning. You know, so the pressure that comes with that. You know, every single night, like I said, when I when I coach my kids, I mean, not that we're that kind of team, but I mean, we're one of the better teams in California. It's just like, you know, every night when we play, when I was with the Warriors, even if we we're playing the last place team, we knew we were going to get their absolute best effort. And we knew that their crowd was going to be absolutely crazy and say the craziest stuff to us because 
we were the best team, you know what I mean? So to be able to have that focus and that brotherhood and, and instead of being on five different islands, we're a fist and we're all together and we're going in there as a team to go out and defeat these guys. It was something special. Do you ever want to get back on that court with the kids? No, I'm done. You know, I was, like I said, for me to, to play as long as I played and not supposed to be here, I just think I appreciated the time I had. And, and I really feel like basketball is just such a small part of who I am and what I'm about and where yeah. I'm headed. You, have, you, you know? have a lot of talent. Yeah, so I just really feel like, you know, it, it was a platform and, you know, it was crazy. I had a meeting earlier today with this company that is absolutely amazing. And he's just like, you know, he's like, Matt, it's crazy, but I feel like you're bigger now than when you played. And then yeah. I agree with him. You know what I mean? Because I just think, like I said, basketball was a stepping stone to, you know, open the door for the, for the rest of my life. So I don't, I'm not someone that, you know, I, man, I want to go back out there and play or I want to do this. I want to do that. Like I had fun doing what I was doing. I want to continue to inspire, help and teach. Yeah. Um, and I want to do the same for my kids and their friends. But you know, I want to continue to move forward. I like, like you said, you can't continue to move forward when you're holding on to the past, whether it be good or bad. Yep. Let the old stories expire so it gives room for the new stories to grow. And that's what you're doing, man. Yeah. Dude. Appreciate it, man. My man. Really Thank good stuff. Me. I'm excited because one of my goals in 2020 is to read more. So this is going to be the first book I start with. So I'm excited to read uh, your new book. So Yeah, man. This is all appreciate yours. That. And I, I appreciate Seven Rocks you. of Life. Yeah. But like I said, yeah. it's crazy how, you know, we ran across each other at that event in L.A. And, you know... Your energy was what was what attracted me to you, and then, you know, a month later, I'm on your podcast. And, and you happen to be in New York. You happen to be in New York working. That's, so that's crazy. That's cool, God's sent. There's one more question we ask yeah. actually after every podcast. So this is the end all be all question. Mm-hmm. Ready? So if you had a billboard for the whole world to see, what would your message be for the to the world? It's crazy. I ask people the same thing. No, you do not. I promise. You can look at my watch the end of my things. Really? My message <laughs> to the world would be. T- love Why? I just think so much comes from love uh, and you, you can inspire from love you, love makes you happy love just makes you look at things different and I think unfortunately with social media being the gift and the curse it is you just see so much negativity you know you social media to me is almost turning into news you know when you watch yeah. the local news all you see is bad stuff you know what I mean and you're starting to turn to social media and all you see is negativity so I just think that you know, just take a step back and, and understand that this life isn't promised. Uh, every day is a blessing. And just to, to me, it's easier to be happy and, and joyful and loving than it is to be grumpy, hating, and, and, and mean. Yep. You know, so if I just, one word, it would just be love. Love. Love yeah. always wins. Love. Dude. Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, man. Signing out. Me. See you guys soon. And uh, Summer Rock Live Nation, we love you. We appreciate you. And keep living inspired every day. Be the spark out there in the world and go after your dreams. Dream big, dream off. Love you all. I swear I'll never give up the fight. I see you broken and beat. Head pulled down over your eyes. Every part of you wants to surrender. Darling, you were meant to survive. With every night, we are